Hey, Alex. Hey, Gosha. How are you doing? I'm good. I heard you're a big cheese with Alaska Airlines now. Oh, big cheese. That is uh, Mr. Big Cheese to you. I am now Ruby status on Alaska Airlines. Ruby status. Uh, no, I am MVP on Alaska. Ruby MVP. status on One World. And let's go. When your MVP is at like the top tier because you are the most valuable player, or do they have most her? valuable players uh, too. T- turns out it's the, the least most valuable. Uh, okay. There is uh, more most valuable, there's most is most valuable, and then there is super most valuable. Okay. Um, yeah, I, that, that is how grammar works. I think when you're the most of something, it is not, uh, it's not an infinite, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's not it, finite. It, it's, the, it's the lowest rung. <laughs> it is the lowest <laughs> rung. Um, um, I didn't expect to get it, so this was a nice surprise. Uh, they dropped 2,000 uh, qualifying miles into my account. Uh, I don't know why, but now I get to pick slightly better seats for free. Uh-huh. I have the chance of being on the standby list for upgrades. Okay. Um, Exciting. I get two free checked bags now, so that's fun for all okay. of the checked bag trips that I do in the US. Which uh, is done. Yeah. It's not exactly. <laughs> but yeah, pays to pays to stick with one airline, I guess. Ah, well, congratulations. Uh, I feel like I'm in the company of greatness today. Hey, it's it's not every day you meet someone with a uh, ruby status. <laughs> that is for sure. You're probably the only one I know. <laughs> well, welcome I'll, to. Uh, uh... I'll hang that next to my gold status in Hilton now. <laughs> Welcome to the 30-Minute CMO Podcast. My name is Gorsha Hucho, and I'm joined by Mr. MVP, Alex McNamara. Um, and on today's show, we're actually going to be talking about loyalty. It's something that we've been um, hoping to do for a while. Uh, loyalty is somewhat of an underpre- underappreciated uh, component of, of marketing in general, though there seems to be tension around where that sits also. Mm-hmm. And we'll touch on that. But I think that loyalty is one of the most powerful tools in marketing. Um, I think when it's deployed well, it can be an incredible driver of retention. It can increase average order value, um, drive advocacy for the brand, um, and can actually serve as a customer acquisition channel. Um, In some cases, uh, or maybe some of the more more extreme cases, loyalty programs can eclipse the enterprise value of the actual business. Case in point, during the early months of the COVID pandemic, when airlines were seeking emergency cash infusions, I don't know if you remember that, but everyone stopped flying and airlines had all the all the planes and all the staff still on payroll. Um, well, they were um, American Airlines uh, was uh, looking for some uh, additional money. And they had to put a value on their business, and they put a, a value of twenty to thirty billion dollars on their loyalty program alone, whereas the rest of the airline was only valued at ten billion, which kind of tells you what their core business is. And it ain't flying planes. So when you're getting on your next flight, and you're like, "Man, these seats are too too narrow," and like the food sucks, <laughs> they are too narrow. But remember, you're you're flying on a on a plane that a credit card company basically operates and they just want <laughs> they just want to make sure you keep swiping that card not not flying that plane yeah. um so uh yeah let's let's get into into this topic let's chew on some um on some examples of uh successful uh good well-implemented loyalty programs um 
obviously very subjective, um, as well as the ones that we we think suck. Um, and then talk about, <laughs> and then yeah, we'll be we'll be brutal here. You know, we'll name names. Um, but then yeah, let's uh, let's also talk about um, loyalty as kind of a strategic lever that companies have to deploy, uh, whether they uh, should sit within um, the business, within marketing, within um, customer service, um, and 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 why why there are different um, different opinions on that. Um, and how brands should think about um, either building, introducing, or evolving their loyalty programs to achieve uh, business outcomes. But Alex, before we start, um, uh, before we start kind of talking about more of the kind of strategic value, yeah, let's 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 talk uh, a little bit about the the loyalty programs that um, we think um, are done well. And I'll start by just saying that you know I think airlines they tend to dominate the discourse, they tend to dominate the headlines. Um, I think that in part it's because um, travel is fairly expensive in general and uh, the ability to travel without having to pay money uh, by earning miles or points uh, appeals to people. It feels like you're getting something for for nothing. Um, It's it's pretty amazing when it's done right and you have the loyalty programs that get you the extra bonuses. So like, you know, I think uh, hotels and um airlines like you said i think those two have really figured out how to reward you um efficiently uh to show your progress to give you enough to keep coming back so you can either like accumulate over several years worth and do you know a whole trip basically for free like i did a trip to boston i think the only outlay was the rental car and two nights in a hotel on a seven-day trip yeah um and it was like it it felt good to be able to do that for nothing so we could save the money and spend it on fun stuff to do rather than like sweating over how much the hotel cost um, but but so but, yeah but these programs they have they have changed over the years so so much and um as kind of a as a reminder a historical reminder um the original sort of still the original program that still exists um today to this day was the American Airlines Advantage program they started like in the in the 80s where you would earn miles that you could redeem for flying. Um, and basically, you had to fly to earn miles. And yeah. uh, it was pretty simple. It has become incredibly convoluted. Um, and actually, up until a couple of years ago, um, the different variables consumers had to pay attention to in order to earn miles, earn status with airlines, it was just too much. And I think uh, partially because of that, but partially because these things generate a ton of cash, um american led the way by um shifting to just a pure dollar spend model so um, no longer do you really have to fly in order to earn miles and earn status you just need to spend money uh on their credit cards through their shopping portals with their partners and if you happen to fly great like they'll give you uh, (laughs) uh points for that too um i um full disclosure i've 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 been with them now for many years probably eight years i would i would i think uh seven or eight years um i've experienced the benefits of flying with you and getting the the cheeky upgrades it it's i this is the first year where i I probably flown the i mean i've flown maybe seven times eight times this year and i'm still on pace to um earn their top tier status again just because of this revised program so it clearly works for me because i can put like company spend uh on on the card i can uh you know 
use all the different multipliers. It's great. But they're shifting towards dollar spend at this point. And, um, and they're really optimized towards extracting as, as much spend out of the consumer as possible. But they're not the only example. And I think we want to spend some time talking about examples outside of the travel world because I think travel just dominates our mind share so, so much. Yeah. Um, so uh, we put up a poll uh, on LinkedIn a few weeks ago just to get people's um, um, feedback on what they think were some really good uh, loyalty programs out there, rewards uh, uh, programs. And the ones... Um, that I've heard uh, were Sephora uh, with their Beauty Insider and uh, other people called out Ulta Beauty. Um, they were cited. I think it's uh, it's it can be a different podcast, a different show talking about those those two companies and how they nurture loyalty. But people yeah. are um, people are very very loyal to um, their beauty brands and their beauty kind of experts. And I've I've worked in the in the beauty space for a couple of years. Um, I know that there is like high emotional attachment to to this. I think Sephora definitely capitalizes really, really well on that emotional attachment and 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 the types of things that um, their members get in return. Um, they may not cost Sephora very much. It's definitely they cost Sephora a lot less than it costs uh, Delta to uh, put someone in a business class seat for for a bunch of miles, uh, but. Um, there is a feeling of reciprocity from from customers when they get those little things from Sephora and Ulta. Um, I personally am a fan of REI. Um, I like how they um, reward their members, and it's not just sales and member exclusive discounts, but it's also the fact that you get like just services at like either discounted uh, prices or for free. Um, you get like awesome warranties, uh, etc. So you get you get cash back at the end of the year right you get you get cash back as well yeah so there's like uh really a feeling that you're a member and not just someone who shops yeah shops there um what's your thought uh, what are your thoughts i mean i don't know if you participate or not but with starbucks which i think is one of the ogs in the kind of retail space with uh, rewards this, programs this is a good one i don't usually drink starbucks but when i can preload my my starbucks card and then get double double stars and uh and then i can you know watch the stars go up and then i can actually get free stuff relatively quickly that's great uh i think the way that they gamified it to preload rather than just scan your loyalty card i think is great the thing that i really like is how they've actually gamified it so you do like buy three hot breakfast items in a week and get triple yeah. stars or like 50 stars extra buy two lattes or spend over $10 in a, in a thing. And every time I, I usually use it when I'm traveling because it's easy to find a Starbucks. You right. know what's, everything is the same in every Starbucks, but you can figure it out like right before you order. And I'll change my order sometimes. You're like, oh, if I order a, a latte instead of a cappuccino, then I'll get 25 more stars, which means I can get the next one tomorrow. I'll get a free whatever. And I think it's, I think it, they've, really figured out how to gamify their rewards program so they can make you do it. I cannot tell you how many lukewarm croissants I've bought from them <laughs> over the even, years that I didn't want. That I didn't want. That I didn't want just because I would get triple the stars and or mm -mm. you know 100 or 200 extra stars um, just because it's uh, you're absolutely right. And Starbucks uh, claimed that 
this program accounted for over $2 billion in revenues in 2021 alone, which is almost 10% of their overall business. It's it's mind-boggling to think that we basically give Starbucks interest-free loans by loading up our cards and, and carrying a balance there, which obviously other coffee chains replicated without the kind of the, the rewards aspect, I would say. Yeah. Um, as um, That's an interesting one, though, because it's a... It's a interest-free loan as well but in certain states you have to maintain if you if you sell a gift card you have to maintain that level of cash in the bank in order to pay it back in case there's like a you know everyone cashes in at the same time so even though it is an interest-free interest-free loan in a lot of places you have to maintain that so you can't spend it so you've just got this cash sitting around sometimes so it's interesting so you can't be spending that like banks do with interest-free loans, which is basically what we all did for a while with zero interest. But imagine if you put $2.1 billion mm-hmm. in, in balance just into a 5% interest-bearing account. Again, banks will then do all the spending and you'll just get, you'll just, you'll get sweet interest. You just get sweet interest while I choke on your lukewarm fake croissants. Lukewarm croissant and over-roasted burnt coffee. Uh, another interesting one that someone uh, brought up um, is Rocket Rewards from Rocket Mortgage. I I had no idea they had a. I mean, Rocket Mortgage obviously was on TV um, when when interest rates were low all the time. But apparently, uh, and I think this is a pretty innovative spin on the loyalty program. They reward customers for financial education. Um, so the more content you read, the more kind of you educate yourself. Um, you earn points, and that can be actually used to shave points off of your mortgage if, uh, if, if, if you have a mortgage with them, which which I think is actually pretty cool. Yeah, that is that is a real spin on something that why would you even have a loyalty program? Like you're, you know, it, it's not often you think about your mortgage. You just think about how can I get the cheapest mortgage for the for my for the house purchase, but yeah, you can find a, a mortgage lender that's going to give you uh, percentage you know, points off in order for educating yourself in a space that is really quite stagnant. Yeah. Uh, it is. That is really innovative. That is, I didn't know that. That's really cool. That is really cool. I haven't thought about it too much, but I bet part of it is they differentiate themselves and this acts as a customer acquisition channel. Yeah. Um, Going back to our opening, uh, loyalty programs can be used to acquire new customers. I also bet it it gives them a higher quality uh, mortgage uh, client because if someone yeah. educates themselves and is more financially literate, they're more likely, I, I would imagine, in, through their statistics, uh, to um, stay current with their payments and do the right things and not default, which is what more mortgage companies don't want. Our yeah. high rates of default. So. That's yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, Alex, last one. Here's a curveball for you. Amazon Prime, loyalty program, oh. not loyalty program. This this is an interesting one because you pay for your monthly or yearly subscription to Prime, and it gets you a lot of really great rewards like Prime Video, next day, same day, next hour shipping, um, the ability to what Amazon Music is one of them. Um, yeah, it's it's great, and I people get in there, and it's very difficult to leave. I was actually thinking about it today, like which, which of the 
idiotic subscription services for you to cancel. And Prime was like, I kind of want that. Yeah. Um, so like, it is a loyalty driver, a loyalty lever, if you if you will. But is it a is it a is it a loyalty program? Like, is it a is it a program? Like, where is the difference between paying for expanded access and loyalty program? What do you think? Um, I think if loyalty program is defined as um, keeping someone loyal to your brand, um, then you can throw. Um, I mean, like you you can you can do it not just by giving people discounts or um freebies it can be done through yeah. expanded access um i mean we talked about sephora um uh, a few minutes ago um it's not that you're getting necessarily discounts although i think that's part of their um uh, their uh rewards program but you're also getting things that um non-members wouldn't get um i think amazon has actually perfected this retention um uh, mechanism um uh, and you know, I think the money they charge for it doesn't pay for the whole thing, but I think it's one of those. Well, I'm paying for it, so it's um, Might as well. you're you're putting more value on the thing as well. Um, kind yeah. of, I used to I used to lose my sunglasses all the time until I actually got expensive ones, and then I paid attention to where they were. Sort of like <laughs> sort of sort of in that uh, in, in that vein. loyalty program. Um, what about some of the ineffective loyalty programs? I mean, I think that we've 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 we come across those. And we quickly forget about them because they do the opposite of um, driving retention and brand affinity. Um, I actually think that we try, we touch on travel. Hotels do it well for the most part. Airlines yep. do it well for the most part. Car rental companies, their loyalty programs blow. It's just uh, it's no just, one needs them. It's just I have I have enterprise. Um, I had Avis, and then they they really screwed up. I will never go Avis again. Um, so I have Enterprise, and their their Lord's program is trash. I don't yeah. like it. They're like, "Hey, you've got Silver Access." You're like, "What does that? What does that do?" And they're like, "Nothing." <laughs> like, yeah, rent ten times in a year, and we'll give you a free upgrade one time or something. I'm like, "What? Why? That's not. That's not. That's a lot. That's a lot of rentals to get." Like a thing that you can usually get for free because they run out of cars. So, like, how how often have you gone to a car rental place and got the car that you actually wanted, like, requested or booked? Um, and they're like, "Oh, well, we don't have that. How about this uh, upgraded bigger car for the same price?" You know, like, cool. So you just give, give that to me for free, even though that I'm not a you know usually a loyalty member. And my loyalty status gets me the stuff that you gave me for free now. Okay, that that doesn't make any sense. I think it's trash. So some of the examples for other loyalty programs that we think just don't do a really great job of building any affinity, brand kind of brand loyalty, retention. I think gas stations in general. Um I've I've given it a go with Shell's fuel rewards. I mean it's just like meaningless. Same. Same. Five cents off a gallon. You're like that sounds good. I'll go to Shell, and then you, yeah. <laughs> then you do it, and nothing happens. It's still outrageously expensive. Yep, yeah. Uh, you mentioned Uber One uh, mm. and uh, and Lyft Line um, as examples of loyalty programs that you didn't think did much. Yeah, I thought I I similar to the to the Prime example. You're paying for you're paying for stuff and 
the stuff you're getting back is not great. So I think like if you're going to pay for rewards and you're going to like the the gift back for your rewards can't just be a dollar or two dollars off per trip because then you can just go like, am I paying ten dollars a month to get ten dollars back? What's the yeah. what's the point? I think where Uber because they've expanded their business and now you've got you know Uber One ten dollars a month gets you free Uber Eats, it gets you you know, dollars off your Uber trips, it starts to make more sense where you're able to do more things than just like the give get of Lyft, which haven't really done a lot of product innovation uh, to expand their core businesses. So like Lyft Line is still, maybe you get access to shorter wait times. But I think with that, with those two, it's such a commodity of even like one or two minutes of um, wait times or one or two dollars will be enough to go from one to the other because there's such a, a commodity at that point yeah i i agree on all of that um there are also um entire categories uh where just loyalty programs don't feel like they make sense i think in general it's categories of uh products and in brands where you're making purchases very infrequently um you you and I both uh, buy luggage from the same company, Monos. They're they make, I would say, good luggage. They're based out of Vancouver. I think they they've done a good job of sort of matching quality and price point. Yeah. Uh, they don't need a loyalty program for me to come back to them. Like it's yeah. it's I don't know. It's it's that plus um, weekly or multiple times a week newsletters talking about some aspirational junk that uh, <laughs> honestly just makes me very annoyed that 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 they do this you sell luggage i'll buy maybe a couple of suitcases every 10 years yeah uh, if and and if your suitcases are good maybe i'll just buy a couple of suitcases full stop you know uh i don't need a loyalty program for that i don't think anyone does especially if a loyalty program is on a, on a yearly basis and to maintain your gold status you're gonna buy luggage every year it's kind of idiotic and I mean, if your if your suitcase is good, you will be an advocate for the brand because I think most people don't trust luggage brands because they don't right. know, and it's a very expensive mistake to make if you check a big bag in and it breaks, and then your suitcase comes out half full with stuff hanging out, and then like, oh, whoopsies, that's on yeah. you. I think I I think for this kind of this this category. It's exactly right. It's it's the product quality, and it's also how easy it is to service a product that broke. Because if suitcase breaks, you know what you start thinking about. Well, that lifetime warranty that Samsonite gave me actually doesn't mean much because the hoops you have to jump through in order to get that suitcase serviced, and actually the, <laughs> the number of exceptions that warranty has, uh, make it infuriating rather than something that is delightful. So. Uh, no go on loyalty programs uh, for those types of uh, uh, categories of businesses. Uh, one last one. I think uh, you and I are in general fans of Hoplark uh, yep. tea. They they, they 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 do delicious tea. It's uh, kind of tea meets beer, but it's not alcoholic. Um, Big fan. We 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 both I think uh, sub- subscribe uh, to their um, regular shipments. Um, they have a loyalty program. They're just an example of a of, of DTC kind of brands introducing loyalty programs. Uh, again, kind of just there's not a lot of value there. 
Um, I've been subscribing to them for a couple of years at this point, spent hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. Um, and I was uh, surprised to see that uh, all of those points that I earned thousands upon thousands of points, all they got me, all, all they would get me is, you know, 10 bucks off uh, <laughs> some, some order for something that I wouldn't even consider buying. So it just um, feels like the expectation um, doesn't meet the reality. Um, and if you're a DTC brand and you're getting one of those off the shelf kind of rewards uh, platforms that allow you to sort of customize uh, what rewards you offer based on uh, based on spend, which a lot of DTC companies do. It's not like they're coming out with some sort of innovative solution. Um, they're usually just doing something that plugs and plays into Shopify. Um, yeah. Just think about like what the customer is going to value and um, and how you surprise and delight that customer rather than uh, disappointing them with how meager your uh, rewards program earnings are. You might as well not have a rewards program at that point because it, the experience is worse than not having one. It seems like being able to uh, reward people with $10 off if they spend $1,000 is you might as well just not insult them. So Alex, uh, we, we keep using this term interchangeably, loyalty and rewards. Do loyalty mm. programs always have to be tied to rewards of some kind, do you think? I think there is some kind of um, exchange of value. Like if I spend money with you, you give me something back that is a percentage of the amount that I've spent with you. Like everything else that we've talked about that's gone well, you get something back in return for your your loyalty. So I think that if you are in a competitive market, um travel for example <clears throat> uh ride hail service um drinks uh if you can reward loyalty i think that is a uh that is something that customers expect especially if they like the product and they want to continue using you so i think there is some kind of uh give and return you know i i think this this might sound what I'm about to say might might come across as overly simplistic, um, but I actually don't think that loyalty has to be done either through a program like a customer facing program, yeah. uh, or has to have rewards tied to it. For example, um, what if the bank that you banked with on your birthday, the bank manager sent you a handwritten postcard saying, Alex, happy birthday. You're a valued customer. Just, just so you know, we're, you know, we value your business and like it, it comes, it's not some sort of a preprinted thing, but like, this is a, you know, this is a, this is a local branch manager who took the time out of the day to acknowledge you and to say like, Hey, we appreciate your business. Um, I, I misunderstood your first question. I thought you said loyalty programs with rewards loyalty on its own like you said i don't i 100 percent agree that it's you don't need to have rewards to do that i think as a as a brand if you are going to have a good product have good customer service yeah. have things that people want to buy uh that align with their values and you don't need to reward them for it if they really really like your 
product, service, whatever it is. I think large companies, even what I just mentioned, like it would still have to be a program, but it's, uh, I think, uh, internal processes that yeah. encourage, empower, enable, sort of make this part of, the, of, of doing business. Um, but shifting back to, I think, the way that you understood my question, which is probably how I also initially intended to ask it, um, I agree with you that loyalty programs uh, in, do have to offer something, like, as you said, some sort of a additional value. I think the the thing that I see, especially most DTC brands jump to, and I think, again, because they use these plug-and-play tools from Shopify, et cetera, is some sort of a dollar-off component. Yeah. You you can do expanded access as you've as you as as you said with Amazon Prime or as um, you know we've 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 seen with some of the other programs, um, perks, events, um, things that are just make it feel like it's relevant, more exclusive, a little bit more special. Still cost the brand something uh, because those things don't come for free, but they don't build the expectation with the consumer that um, you can pause your spending until the next uh, discount comes along for being a member, which I think oftentimes people um, who are kind of members of Amazon Prime, for instance, like everyone now is waiting for Prime Days to come in a, in, a, in, a, in, a few, <laughs> yeah. in a few days. Like literally all of my friends are saying, oh, we're not spending anything on Amazon because in a, in a few days, all those things are going to be on, on sale, mm-hmm. right? So it just feels like you have to be pretty judicious about how you go about rewarding people. It doesn't always have to be discounts. Yeah. Amazon Prime, we've talked about this before, is a spectacular event that generates so much money for that company in ways that you don't need. Like You go there and you're like 75% off. Yeah, I want that. I want to be able to buy that. Just for the experience of not paying full price. Yeah, that air fryer I would of... never buy, yeah. but it's seventy five percent off. Yeah, I'm buying something for twenty five percent. I don't know what it is. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. You just go. I bought it seventy five. I bought eighty percent off. It doesn't yeah. matter what it is. Yeah, and then explodes and burns down your house. But you know what? You only paid twenty percent of the retail price. Well, there you go. So worth it. Worth it. Um, so we started talking about this already, but if you're um, a CEO or someone who is part of the task group uh, that's thinking about how to introduce or maybe change or evolve the existing loyalty program, um, how would you how would you start tackling this question? Um, would you actually start at at the root of like what it, what the business needs to get out of this uh, rather than like what the program is? I, this is this is such an interesting question because there's like four different groups within a company that put, that th- think that they have ownership over it. And you've got like the business who run, you know, the, the business units, you've got product teams who will introduce it and have it as a touch point throughout the ecosystem, the marketing team, which we've talked about way back when, um, and then the customer success team or customer service team who interact with customers on a daily basis and try and, drive that retention which drives that loyalty so they can turn a negative experience into a positive outcome for the brand and each of those different groups has different ways of thinking about what loyalty programs are and what they should be i i think it's rooted in in the business um, of what do we need to be driving 
and then how do you orchestrate a program to do that rather than approach it from loyalty programs of loyalty. Therefore, everything that we do has to be about keeping people around, which is not in itself a wrong way to think about it uh, because people stay around, they're happy with the brand, they'll spend more money, revenue continues to come in. But I think you can be more intentional with your program if you have a specific point of view that you want customers to do. And it's not just stick around and spend more money, it's take them to spend, you know, like spend more money in like, I mean, like a flat way, they just continue to spend what they will spend. Mm -hmm. It's about getting people in and spending additional on top of that every time and over time, spending more and more and more. And I think, you know, if you can, like, if you go back to airlines and you pick an airline and you only fly with that airline when you can, like you're going to be spending more and more and more because then you bring your partner into that. Then you have uh, friends and you go on a trip and you book it to get it on your rewards points. Then you can, you know, increase spending. But I think if you're going from scratch, I think the, the business really has to drive what do you need to be doing over the next one to five to 10 years and how are you going to get people to do that and build the program to push people through that funnel to get to, to get to that um, objective. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think that if you're sitting right now thinking about introducing a loyalty program and you don't have one, like a legacy one that you're having to, to rework, then my feeling is it should hit all parts of that consumer journey. It should be a lever that you can pull for customer acquisition. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, again, we talked, um, I think before the call, I, I referenced uh, Sweetgreen uh, for you as, as, um, uh, as an example of how they front load a lot of the benefits of joining their program to kind of build habit. So you ex- experience those benefits immediately. And mm-hmm. then, um, they sort of obviously plateau at some point, but you're already hooked. You already know what to expect. I think a very important thing there is to also understand what is the tangible value of becoming a member or joining a loyalty program. I think your example with Uber One or especially Lyft Line is that those were very hard to value for, for yeah. the consumer. Like you really need to know like is it like what tangible outcomes am I going to get? So customer acquisition I think has to be uh, one of the levers that uh, you can pull with a loyalty program. Um, I think that um, to the point with customer service, I go back to airlines. They use their loyalty programs to drive a whole bunch of revenue. Obviously, it's 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 what sits at the core of their at their business at this point. But they use it as well to de-escalate by empowering or you know to to solve other issues. Um, whether those issues happen on board the airplane, outside with flight disruptions, etc. But uh, several years ago, the um, American introduced um, um, a flight attendant system where if someone on board during a flight was experiencing problems and they were complaining, instead of having that grumpy passenger sit there for the rest of the flight and then go and take it up with customer service, they could actually on the spot give you 5,000 miles um, as an apology, which went uh, towards sort of acknowledging that we understand you have a problem, like let's let's you know let's resolve it on the spot. Um, yeah. And this is fake money. At the end of the day, for the for for brands, this is fake money. But <laughs> the 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 customer, if they understand the value of those points um, or, or those perks, 
they're going to feel something. Yeah. And I think that's also like important to design your program that these um, these are tools for your business and it can be tools for your customer service group. They can be uh, for your retention and life, life cycle marketing folks. They could be for your acquisition folks. But the customer needs to understand what the value of the thing is. And if they do, they'll be happy to accept your fake money from you. And you don't have yeah. to spend your real money on them because it's, um, it's going to carry value. But if it's going to be one of these shell fuel rewards, amorphous, points that go mm-hmm. towards five cents off a gallon of gas like it's it's that, that you can piss people off with that and actually one thing i wanted to bring up is that loyalty programs have a downside because if you screw it up and you have a uh, you have a base of people kind of enrolled into these loyalty programs mm-hmm. they're going to be pissed and you and i have as well, i think as well as everyone else has kind of observed the the shit show that was debacle the debacle uh when uh delta announced changes to their sky miles sky miles program and basically kicked half or are kicking half of the members out to the curb and just saying like well your your loyalty is, is not worth much to us because yeah you're 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 not you know you're not spending hundreds of thousands of dollars with us and we want to really focus on those who are um which pissed a whole bunch of people off um and those are significant number of people and so i think the negative publicity they were prepared to have some they weren't prepared to have this much but also the statistic that completely just blew my mind is that all of that delta credit card spend that people put through their credit cards amounted to over 1% of the US GDP. Wow. So if you're if 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 your members are spending so much money that it's actually making a dent in the national GDP and you're changing a program that says that tells them that hey, you know, see ya, we don't really want you. Of course they're going to be pissed. Either they know something that we don't about the people who are going to continue to fly with them and encourage them to spend more or they're idiots. And I don't know which one. Which I, one I mean, is I don't. I, I don't think. I. I think this is the. This is the case where probably the the suits in the like you know the CFO the bean the bean counters probably bean won counters. the ar- they they won the argument because they probably correctly said look all the values within the top twenty five percent and all the expense of like feeding people in lounges etc is really weighing down on that, but the marketing people, the customer service people should have had more of a say in how you roll this out, what you take away, what you keep, how you make this a soft landing. And, you know, they, they just didn't. It just came 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 off as a big middle finger to the whole um, customer base. So you can yeah. definitely shoot yourself in the foot by mismanaging a loyalty program. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of, I mean, Alaska, for example, you don't get the, you get, points for miles for your credit card you don't get qualifying miles so you don't get your uh status from spending money you also don't get lounge access from spending money uh, i feel like i've seen this recently where lounge access is now valuable for your for, for the airline as a revenue stream so like american uh, express they have seen this and they've cut the amount of people that can come in at yep therefore cutting it cutting a cost on alaska you have to you have to buy a lounge pass uh on on a yearly basis for the 
the most popular route. You don't get that unless you're a most most VVIP, uh, which most I just... am. I am just a small potato VIP. Um, so I think like you can't just like cut it quite so drastically that you piss people off. But changing the rewards to be of value, but things that cost them nothing, like baggage checked and uh, seat upgrades and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it's become a parallel universe loyalty and um, uh, reward programs. I feel yeah. that they've, especially with the with the advent of credit cards as the means to accumulate uh, yeah. these points, people have just really focused uh, their spend uh, on brands that they perceive give them the most and um you it's it's tough to break into that uh into that habit so if you're a new brand in the competitive space t- trying to kind of break in um if you're a travel brand for example it's it's going to be very difficult people are going to have a hard time shifting away from something they've um, they've been building equity in for a long long time even yeah. though it's clearly fake equity because um, no one is going to be more disappointed than the ch- uh, the chump who has two or three million uh, American frequent flyer miles in their account because overnight American can say, you know what, that's actually worth a third of what it was worth yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. So my 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 philosophy is, if you've got it, spend it. Yeah, yeah, you know? that's a good one. Um, I think I think as you were talking, I was thinking about. The brands that we talked about with really, really good uh, loyalty programs or rewards programs are the ones in the most commoditized industries where, you know, airlines and taxi ride hail services, gas stations, they tried it. But like the things that are so price sensitive, you need to have some other kind of way to have loyalty to your brand. Whereas the brands that don't or don't feel like they need it, like I think if Monos didn't have a loyalty program, I would probably buy more Monos suitcases because I like the style. I like the construction. I think as a brand, they're a very uh, eco-friendly brand. So the things where loyalty programs seem to like, even like the hop tea from uh, Hoplark, I even think that they have quite a, a niche there where they're different to the other ones and I would buy them over the others. Whereas the ones with really excellent or trying to be excellent uh, loyalty programs need to have the differentiator of the loyalty program, like you said, for an acquisition play or for attention play because it gives you something that is different to you know the next Boeing or Airbus plane with a different logo on it. You know, I um I I agree with you. I think we we neglected to touch on one category of business uh that uh uses loyalty in a very different sort of way, and that's grocery stores and retail, like brick and mortar retail chains in general. So think about CVS, for example. Um for them, there is a whole other business use case. This is a CRM play for them. Yeah. And they're really what they're doing is they're monitoring habits. And they're selling that, they're monetizing that data, and they're selling that to CPG brands or pharma brands um, who can then make decisions about how much product, what kind of product to ship, how much product to ship, how to market to you, 
uh, through Kroger or through yeah. um, CVS. Um, that is a serious, serious multi-multi-billion dollar business. Um, and so every time you go into a grocery store and you swipe your little loyalty card and you get 8% off your purchase back, the that's coming on the back of that company turning around and monetizing your your data um, in very, very sophisticated ways, uh, whether they're selling it um, to, like I said, the CPG brands, or they're um, selling this online so that you can you can target those consumers with other offers uh, on the internet. But it's um, it's a very distinct um, kind of business use case. Yeah, I think I think you're, that is one I hadn't thought of, and I think that's a great a great thing to bring up the the way that they can tie your spending habits to you as a customer ID and be able to then put you into different audience segmentations to send you different types of newsletters based on your buying habits and building profiles around you and where you shop and getting you discounts to get you to come back to buy those bigger ticket items. Yeah, it's it's a great point. Great point. I think all of that is to say that loyalty is a big part of consumers in the US and probably in uh, Europe as well. Um, definitely something that I pay attention to as a consumer. It sounds like you you do as well. Uh, when done well, loyalty can uh, be really a value add to the consumer experience and to the business when done poorly. Um, at best, it might mean nothing at worst and can be a huge blowback like uh, what Delta has recently experienced and some other brands have done in the past. Um, I think that every business, uh, large or small, should think about loyalty, whether or not you choose to introduce it. I think you should think about it um, as a component of your business and marketing strategy. Um, It can have uh, it can serve a good purpose, but it doesn't have to exist right now. Not, Not every business needs it. Monus we discussed as an example in our opinion um, mm-hmm. as a consumer it just doesn't seem like it's super valuable um, but there are other ways to surprise and delight your customers um, without having an official um, loyalty program um, last question for you Alex yes. with being this Uber MVP that you are now Mr. Ruby you know <laughs> Mr. One World um, how are you planning on spending your miles or whatever it is you've you've, you've accumulated. Is there, is there a special trip you're planning on taking, a swanky hotel you're going to indulge in? Oh, I, What are I, you going to do with all of that fake, so fake richness? My fake richness, I actually got two return tickets to Hawaii, to uh, Maui, before the oh. unfortunate disaster, um, on only on points. So that was a free, you know, two people return trip flight. That's amazing. And then I tell you what, Hilton, if you can get the Hilton like bonus points, you can rack up free nights really quickly. And you gifted me gold three years now, three years ago now. I still got it somehow. Don't know. I, I definitely don't deserve it. And they keep giving you it do. to me. But you do. <laughs> well, I am Mr. Ruby. Ruby you Lord. are Mr. Ruby. Uh, and... I've got a lot of free nights at Hilton. And I stayed at the Santa Barbara Beachfront Hilton uh, oh. for a night um, for 98,000 points. But it was a great experience. And I would 
never I would never be able to go there on my own dime. But the fact that I could go there and you know go to the pool, go I had a a room in a one of their off the one of their original old blocks mm-hmm. that looked out at the at the beach, and it was it was brilliant. I, I I loved it. I said it in Portland, Maine, at the Canopy Hotel for two nights for free. Yeah, it's just I I see the value in that program, and I will seek out Hiltons to stay at when I have to. Yeah, like when I'm traveling and I don't want to stay in a you know some sort of Airbnb or a smaller boutique chain, I'll go I'll go Hilton. They may not that, be the best. Those airport but... those airport Hiltons, they're just a gateway to. <laughs> A nice experience somewhere else in the future. That's what I used to say to myself. And yeah. then you find yourself in the Conrad or the Waldorf Astoria, and you're like, ah, oh, that yeah. Hampton Inn, the in, Hampton Inn, Chesapeake it, Bay. Yeah, that that was worth it. Yeah, I mean, we stayed at some nice Sultans. The one in the one in Faneuil Hall in Boston. Yeah, um, and you got you you had more status than me at the time, and you got the the big room with the sofa and the, like all the space they didn't have to fill properly so it was just this massive space um but then yeah like if you're especially if you're traveling uh through your company and you can keep the points it's picking picking one i didn't i didn't know this until you mr mr points guy got me on the straight and narrow of of figuring it out it's it's worth it. Hey, for anyone who wants to uh, indulge in more of this, watch up in the air with George Clooney. It's all about that. And I'll tell you a, what, I go to Porsche for all of my credit card questions around which points to get, which uh, uh, airlines and hotels to go be part of. Well, enjoy enjoy the perks of uh, of having status uh, with both Alaska and with Hilton, my friend. I think on this note, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, Alex, good seeing you as well as always. And uh, until next time.